Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Joining us today is Jonah Larkin. After selling his company in 2005, Jonah found himself completely burnt out physically, mentally, and spiritually. This led him on a 10-year adventure of self-discovery. Besides traveling, Jonah dove deep into meditation, attending multiple month-long retreats, sitting for, here we go, 10-plus hours a day. I can't even imagine it. Now he helps founders, executives, and those in the helping professions create higher levels of self-mastery. Jonah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. And I know this is supposed to be an interview where you're interviewing me, but I saw a picture on your website of you with that red hat and a Supreme across the top. So I'm thinking, is this guy a shoe head? Do you have a closet full of shoes, man, that you could sell on eBay for millions of dollars? I I wouldn't say for millions, but uh, I do have quite the collection of shoes, yes. (laughs) All right, well... My my intuition proved correctly. I just had to see if that was accurate or not. That's too I was like, funny. This, this guy's a guy who's well-dressed and knows his style, man. That is hilarious. And if, you, if you're looking at me today, you'll see that I just have the red hat, no Supreme logo. Because uh, a lot of my marketing buddies, they, like, they started seeing what I was doing there. And I was wearing the Supreme hat everywhere. And they're like, bro, why are you giving Supreme so much love? Unless, of course, they're sponsoring you. And, well, as much as I'm disappointed in the fact, they're simply not sponsoring me. So I shed the Supreme hat, slapped on the flat red hat. And, man, it's been huge. It's been extremely influential. I go to conferences. People pick me out in a crowd because of the red hat. I mean, it's just really, really worked to my advantage. That is so cool. So it's almost like you're branding talisman. To a certain extent. 100%, not even to a certain extent. I mean, even my business cards are just the flat, just the red hat and everything else Uh is black and white. So I've got that pop right there. The red hat has really become uh, the symbol of, of me. Everybody, oh, that's Larry Roberts, the red hat. Yeah, the red hat guy. Yeah, so, that's, you know, that stuff's priceless. If you can do what you did from a branding perspective, that's absolutely priceless. I love that. And, and it was completely accidental. It wasn't even intended, but uh, it's worked Even better. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even better, right? Exactly. Those are the most fun when, when great results happen by accident. I, I love it, man. I can't ask for anything yeah. better because generally I'm not quite sharp enough really to plan it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Why did I think of that? So, yeah. So, man, tell us more about you and and man, sitting for ten hours a day. What led you on this journey of self discovery? Yeah, Larry, I'm a bit of an extremist, um, self admitted extremist. So, when somebody says, "Hey, man, you should go on a meditation retreat," I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." Where is the place to go on a meditation retreat? Well, it turns out that Southeast Asia is the place to go on a long meditation retreat. And, uh, you know, I uh, went, found myself in Thailand, actually, when I was 21 years old. And I immediately went up to uh, 
this city called Chiang Mai, signed up for a meditation retreat. They gave me a bunch of white clothes to wear and gave me a room and said, all right, go and meditate. And I said, what the, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. And so pretty soon they had me sitting there watching my breath, watching my body, all that sort of thing. And, um, it was, it was hellish. It was one of the worst experiences of my life, <laughs> but it was also incredible too. Okay. Um, and I say it was hellish because if, if you've ever sat for long periods of time, not only does your mind start to go crazy, but your body starts to hurt and all these random pains start to come up and it's like, you got to face all of that stuff. And so what meditation is, it's like, it's almost like Navy SEAL training for emotional resilience, because if you can sit for 10 hours a day and just be with whatever's coming up, man, when you get into an argument with your spouse or you're having, you know, a, a crisis at work or you lose a bunch of money, you can sit there and you can watch yourself experience the thing without necessarily going down that road of like, oh my God, the world is collapsing on itself. And so that is what meditation taught me. And, um, you know, by the end of that process of that original 30 day meditation retreat, I was so clear and so energized that I meditated for 72 hours straight without sleeping. Wow. I had no idea I could do this. And um, apparently that's a very, very common thing. The teachers there told me, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody does that. Don't even worry about it, dude. So give me some insight there because I, I get a lot of flack from folks because I don't meditate. But a lot of my friends mm -hmm. and other successful business people that I know, they do. They meditate. They, they get up at 4.30 in the morning or whatever time it is that works for them. There's a lot of Hal Elrod fans in my circle. And, you know, he does the Miracle Morning. It's 4.30 in the morning. You get up and do your thing. And they meditate. And, you know, having a, a martial arts background, I've been a karate guy like all my life, uh, and I used to do a lot of breaking. So I, I could get into a space where, you know, I, at my peak, I was 155 pounds and I was breaking over two feet of concrete in one strike. So now wow. there, there were some spacers in between these two and three quarter inch bricks that I was breaking, but I could do 12. So if you do the math, it comes up to just over, over two feet. So you definitely have to go into a space there, but a, a mental space per se. But I never really, at least consciously, I didn't quote unquote meditate. Help me right. understand what that means to meditate. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, ultimately, I believe that meditation is simply being present with what is. So whatever is happening here in the moment, if it's my focus is to break that brick, those two feet of brick, then your focus is on that. You may have an open focus of like, I'm just here to pay attention to whatever my body is feeling. Or it could be, I'm just here to be 100% present with Larry in this podcast. But people think, many people think that, oh, meditation, it means you got to clear your mind. And people come to me and they say, oh, I tried meditation. It didn't work for me. It's like, well, well, what do you mean? It, it didn't work for you. Well, I couldn't shut off my mind. I'm like, that's not the point of meditation. The point of meditation is just to simply be with what is. So if your mind's going crazy, can you be with your mind and watch that mind absolutely throw a hissy fit? 
if you can, that's meditation. And look, sitting for 10, 12 hours a day, or even one hour a day, isn't for everybody. I get that. It's meditation is not the be all end all for everything, but I'll bet you as a successful business person, Larry, have some sort of practice that allows you to get present with yourself and check in so that you know that you're navigating the right direction. Am I right about that? Well, definitely. I mean, I have to, there's definitely times that come throughout the day and it's not just one point in the day mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I have to change states, whether it's, you know, it's a mental state. Maybe I get a, a deal go south and it doesn't work out for me or it doesn't go my way or I have whatever. Something comes along that really disturbs my normal mode of operations, which is usually high energy and pretty positive outlook. So yeah. there are those times where that state gets changed and I get into a low. I'm not as productive. I'm not focused. I'm more of just, oh, I'm kind of kicking rocks, really, just walking across the parking lot, kicking rocks and not focused. So I have to go through something to change that state. And at least it's my understanding. It takes about uh, at least 45 seconds to change your state. So in order to do that, I'll typically, uh, well, I'll turn on a, a comedy podcast or I will turn on some music that gets me hyped and gets me going and really brings me back to that place where I can continue moving forward in a positive and productive manner. So that's maybe, very cool. maybe that's, maybe that's meditation. Well, it's a type of, uh, you know, what you're doing, essentially what I hear you doing is that you're paying attention to what's happening with you. You're saying, wow, I'm not in a very resourceful state. What can I do in order to create a resourceful state? Hey, laughing, great way to reset the nervous system. I'm going to listen to a comedy podcast. I'm going to laugh, reset the nervous system, and reset. The similarity to meditation is in meditation, you're always starting again. Why? Because if you're doing focus meditation, maybe I'm sitting here paying attention, watching my breath or watching my body. And then all of a sudden I start having some fantasy about my vacation in Hawaii. And I go off on that for two minutes before I even realize that I'm spacing out. And then I got to come back to my breath and I got to reset again. So what you're talking about is going through the reset process. And ultimately meditation is just moment after moment after moment after moment of resetting, coming back to center. And then at some point, God willing, sometimes you have these absolutely incredible transcendent experiences where, you know, it's like you leave your body or, you know, your third eye opens up or which happened to me on, on a couple different occasions or, you know, these incredible visions, creativity, all sorts of stuff can come up, but there's no guarantee of that. That's just kind of a result of the process. It's kind of like you get really good at martial arts. You're able to throw a sidekick, the perfect sidekick sometimes, right? You're just like, wow, that was the perfect sidekick. Kind of like that. It's funny you say that because there was, there was, there's times throughout my, my martial arts career where I can think back and go, man, I had a pretty solid sidekick that you brought that up. That's why it was so ironic because, it, man, I could slip it in and come up on a 45-degree angle. Most people wouldn't block it, and bam, it would land just about every time. But I lost that kick. I don't know where it went. It just it, Over time, it just disappeared. 
And this is even when I was still young, you know. Now I'm 49, so I'm definitely not quite the the scrapper that I used to think I was. Uh, but there are definitely times where it's same thing with my breaking. You know, I got to a point where for some reason I wasn't accomplishing the same level of breaking feats that I was. And to this day, to this day, I've never gotten back to that point where I could consistently break at the level that I was breaking. And and I often wonder, where did it go? How did I lose it? And how could I reset that? Because, man, at that point in my life, I thought I was unstoppable. Now, I was also uh, not somebody you wanted to be around because I was kind of a dick, to be honest with you. (laughs) But but, uh, still having that mental focus and that mental capacity and being in that state is something that I wouldn't mind tapping into again. Yeah. Well, it is in you because you did it before. So it's in you now. If you wanted to refine it, I would guess that if you decided to focus on that, that you would probably refine it. If I was a betting man, I'd probably put money on that. And can you do that by resetting through meditation? Absolutely. I mean, one of the, one of the ways that I have people start meditating, you know, people who are like, I can't meditate. I'm like, well, can you, uh, you ever, you ever dream about things? You ever, uh, space out? You ever fantasize? Oh yeah. Yeah. I do that. I'm like, well, that's called visualization. And one of the most visualization is one of the most powerful tools we have available to us. It can be used for healing. It can be used for performance. I mean, you look at someone like Steph Curry you know, shooting guard for the Warriors. And it's like, he spends a lot of time visualizing taking those three point shots and sinking them over and over and over. So I would say that, you know, if you're uncomfortable with meditation, just sit down and think of something that you want to do or something that you want to accomplish or a place you want to go and just start daydreaming about it. And then as your daydream goes on, get more and more specific. So for you, Larry, perhaps, you know, if you're doing, you know, maybe a, is it, is it a kata? Is, is that what it is in karate, a form or something yeah, like that? They have forms in karate. Sure. Got it. So maybe you're doing a form and you just go through that entire form, eyes closed in your head, executing everything perfectly, or maybe you're visualizing breaking through that concrete and you can do that over and over and over again. And, and interestingly enough, there's a lot of reports of people who visualize things being able to effectively do something with little to no actual practice because they visualized it beforehand. So um, there's this wonderful book called the art of learning by Josh Waitskin and Josh Waitskin was a, childhood chess prodigy there's a movie called searching for bobby fisher oh yeah um i think back in the 90s that was about josh okay and he 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 was a chess prodigy and then later on he became a uh a a very successful martial artist he was doing push hands tai chi and i think he got his knee he he shredded his the ligaments in his knee and when he was rehabbing it what he would do is he'd go to the weight room, he'd push with his right leg, and with his left leg, he would then visualize himself doing the same set on his left leg. And by the time it healed, 
his left leg was something like 85% as strong as his right leg when he'd been putting no pressure on it. And that was all through the power of visualization. That that's, that's almost unbelievable. I, I know it happened, which is so, you know, which makes it even more unbelievable because you're like, how did it happen? You know, many times we'll, we'll deem situations like that as, as miracles. That's right. I mean, you, you teach at Stanford, you, you have a, a, a formal education in, in this type of thing. How, how do we do, how does that happen? I mean, can you shed light on that? You know, I, I wish I knew how it happened and that, that if I'm going to be super honest, I don't know how or why it happens, but it seems to be the case. And so when I am able to visualize something, when I'm able to skiing, for instance, I love to ski. And one of the things I love to do is sitting at the top of maybe a mogul field or something and, uh, you know, it's called choosing your line. And I visualize myself before I even get on there going through that line. And when I do that, the flow state that I get into is absolutely incredible. So honestly, I don't know how it works, but I have a mentor, JD Messenger, really, really powerful guy. You can go to his website, JD, it's M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Very powerful guy. And he actually... What I learned from him about this energy thing is that when you have certain thoughts in your brain, that actually creates or an electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. And that electromagnetic field can influence other things around you. Um, you know, so we're speaking through an uh, Wi-Fi, basically. Sure. An electromag- that's, that's all electromagnetism. So we have these things that are unseen and yet we can somehow interact with them and visualization seems to be the tool that can be really helpful. So again, if you're intimidated by meditation, sit down and start to visualize things that you like or things that you'd like to do. It can even be as simple as touching your toes, like visualize yourself touching your toes before you do. And I I guarantee you, you'll be able to stretch a heck of a lot farther than if you just go over and bend over to touch your toes. Interesting. Anyone can try this. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. No, that's what. Are, what are some of the things we could do to start this? I mean, I, I know you talk a lot about daily habits. Is is yeah. this? And I've already mentioned how Elrod wants. So yeah, everybody has. I say everybody. A lot of people have these uh, rituals per se or daily habits that they have. How yeah. can we combine uh, like a daily habit with meditation? What are some of the things we could do there? Yeah, that's a good question because a lot of times, you know, Hal Elrod, Hal Elrod, bless his heart, you know, he came up with Miracle Morning and it's really incredible. But the, the issue that I see with with Hal is like, it takes two freaking hours to do the thing. You yeah, know, you got to yeah. meditate and do the journaling and work. It's like, yeah, I got to get to work, man. So, um, that's why you got to start at four thirty, man. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That means I got to go to bed at like seven thirty. So. See, and that's what I don't get. There's so many people and there's somebody else that I listen to. Um, Wes Watson is his name and okay. he has, uh, he's an ex con out of California and he's a motivational speaker and, and personal coach and he okay. gets up at three thirty. 
So oh my I'm, God. Like, I'm like, how, do we have to just keep backing this up? Or do we just, uh, I mean, are you getting up at 10 p.m. now? I get up at 10 p.m. and power my way through all the night long, and then my day starts. I mean, I just, uh, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, the whole thing about, oh, all you need is a morning routine, and you're guaranteed to be successful. Yes. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah, maybe. There's a lot of people who are successful without morning routines. Nonetheless, to, to, to go back to your question about how do we integrate meditation into a morning routine? You know, the thing is, is that if you want to start meditating, the biggest mistake that people make when they start to do habits is they set themselves up for failure by choosing to do way too much. And, you know, my, I, I had like, I've meditated 10 hours a day for 45 straight days one time. And so you'd think, oh man, I've got the like discipline of steel. But you know, when I'm back in my daily life, trying to sit down for an hour a day, I can't do it. I actually can't do it. And so I had to learn a real hard one lesson, which was make the smallest possible thing a win. So when I was going back and when I was figuring out my morning uh, routine, what I found was that I knew every single day, no matter what happened, I could sit on my meditation cushion and take three deep breaths. I could do that. I could do that if I was late for a meeting. I could do that if, you know, one of my family members was like freaking out and yelling at me. I could, I could do it no matter what. And that is what got me back on the path of being able to do it every day. And so now my, what I call my non-negotiable is 11 minutes of meditation. That's what I do every day, no matter what, at least 11 minutes. And sometimes I meditate for 45 and sometimes I meditate for 11. So if you want to integrate meditation into your morning routine, you got to ask yourself, what's the bare minimum that I could do that would establish the habit? And can I do it in less than a minute? And that's the key. You have to chunk whatever habit you're doing down into something you can do in less than a minute. So say you want to work out in the morning. What can you do in less than a minute? Well, you can put on your workout clothes. Because I guarantee you, you're a lot more apt to work out if your workout clothes are on than if you're sitting there thinking about working out. So that is really the key. That's the key to daily habits right there, is make it super, super small and do it no matter what. And pretty soon that daily habit will become a real habit and you'll be doing whatever it is that you want to do. Well, and, and you're positioning yourself to be in a state of execution. Just like you're talking about, you know, if you only have a minute, put on your workout clothes. You're more apt to work out if you're already in your, your workout clothes. So you're already in that state. You've already got that. It's already in your head that now I'm prepared to work out. I probably ought to just go ahead and work out. So it's, yep. it's putting you in that state of productivity or, or, or reactivity. Uh, and, and I think that is extremely critical to taking the action that we want to take. It's so easy to not do those initial steps and put yourself in that state and then play off the bigger goal. Go, well, I didn't even have this in line, so there's no way I could have done that. How do we position ourselves that way? Is there, is there an exercise or are there things that we can do to change our mindset right out of the gate to keep us focused on that. You know, you saying you want to establish yeah. a habit. We know that takes about 21 days to establish a habit, uh, give or take. It seems to be the, the round number that I hear more often than not. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I saw you bobbing your head there, so you may disagree with me. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with the, the 21 day thing. I don't, I don't know exactly where that came from, but honestly, there's a, it, it depends on the complexity of the habit. So you, uh, there's a formula I like to use and it's basically take the complexity of the habit. The habit might be, you know, doing a specific martial arts uh, move, doing a spinning back kick or something like that. That's a complex habit. And so the amount of time it's going to take to really create mastery around that habit is the complexity of the habit divided by the amount of focus you can give it times the amount of repetitions. So think about, think about habit building as like power of focus times reps. And the more you can do that, the more you can focus and the more reps you do, the faster that habit will, will get created. Uh, so, you know, learning a language could take 18 months. It definitely. And, and the, you putting it that way, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from because, and you, I think you got a little training in you cause you're using the correct terminology for some of these techniques and I'm going, either you've heard it before or you've trained a little bit. So, uh, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so from a spinning back kick perspective, we'll take that because it's it, learning to do the technique is one thing. And, you know, doing it on a bag or doing it on pads or whatever it may be is one thing. But if you're in, if you're a kickboxer, for instance, and you're in a fight, it's much more difficult to have that ingrained to the point that you utilize that technique while you're competing or if, heaven forbid, you're in an actual real conflict. And so it's totally different there. I may be able to throw a spinning back kick all day long, but for me to time it and know where to use it. And then at the same time, think to use that technique while I'm fighting totally different thing. And you're not going to get that. There's just no way you're not going to get that in 21 days. So I think that was a perfect example. That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. And then going back to how do you set yourself up to actually do the habits is that goes back to our visualization conversation. Yeah. And so if you can, one of the things I I have people, I have my clients do when they're establishing a a habit routine, whatever it is, is I say, okay, now take a moment, close your eyes and visualize yourself going through that routine, you know, speed it up, but visualize yourself going through it. Like, what are you going to do? Okay. I'm going to come downstairs. I'm going to drink my water and then I'm going to go and I'm going to meditate. Okay. Then I say, Oh, where are you meditating? Oh, I'm meditating in um, the spare room over here. Where in the spare room? Right. So you have to get really specific. And I say, are, do you see any obstacles in your morning routine? Do you see any, any like glitches? And when you visualize it beforehand, you can see those glitches before they happen so that you can do it. And so I, I usually visualize, you know, I visualize before this conversation, i sit down just for a minute and I visualize this conversation going really well. And at the end I visualize like, Oh, that was a great conversation, Larry. And it puts it in my mind that this is already going to be a great conversation. And so that's how I use it. And the great thing though, is you can use it however you want, make it up. I mean, we're all making this stuff up as we go along anyway. So have some fun with it, see how it works for you. But that's what I've found to be extremely effective for me as well as extremely effective for my clients. 
Well, it's, it's interesting because you break it down so simply. You know, I think that's one of the toughest things when it comes to doing something new or even doing something like meditation. If we formalize it, it seems so complex and we have a difficult time. And when I say we, I mean me, I have a difficult time simplifying the concept and then applying it. And it sounds to me like you've found techniques to simplify all aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, when you say we is me, uh, me too. The reason they say you teach what you need to learn. And for so long habits and being disciplined about habits was a real challenge for me. And it wasn't until I understood like, Oh my God, I'm trying to do way too much here that I started to realize, oh, if I shrink everything down and make it so that I can easily do the thing, then I'm going to be successful. And here's, here's the thing. You know how we all have that person in our life who we look at and we go, oh my God, Bob is the most disciplined guy I've ever seen. Or Sherry, she's so disciplined. How does she do that? And, and you know what the research says? What? The research says that people who are highly disciplined use really easy strategies and people who are not very disciplined use really difficult strategies. So what's an example of that? Well, um, let's take for me, I'm kind of addicted to sugar. Okay. So yeah, if there's a pint of ice cream in the freezer, that thing is gone. That thing is gone because I like eat a quarter of it. I'm like, yeah, oh, there's still ice cream in the freezer. Go back again, eat a little more, right? I can't stop. I have no self-control. So if I'm like, I'm not going to eat sugar and I have ice cream in the fridge or in the freezer, that is a difficult strategy. But if I'm like, <laughs> all right, I am addicted to sugar, no sugar in the house. That's an easy strategy. And the most disciplined people use easy strategies and they set themselves up for success so a great easy strategy for habits is do it with another person. Find an accountability buddy. You're 95% more likely to do any habit if you do it with somebody else versus doing it alone. Simple. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it, it takes me back. You know, here I am just over eight years sober now. And uh, before I actually fell off into rehab <laughs> eight years ago, November of 2013, Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my, my general practitioner, just my average everyday doctor, was trying to help me break this addiction. And to kind of put it into perspective, he goes, how many shots do you do a night? And I really don't know because I drank every night to blacking out. But I was guesstimating somewhere in the high teens. And he goes, well, I tell you what, let's just wean you off of it. So mm -hmm. when you go home tonight, you're going to do your 18 or so. So then tomorrow night, just do 17. And then the, the night after that, just, and it doesn't work. Do you understand how complex that is? That is, there's no way. I mean, I love how that. How many am I supposed to drink well, yeah. tonight? <laughs> I mean, you know, by six, I'm not counting anymore anyways. Right. right but just right. The, the, the entire concept was so convoluted and so complex. There's, what am I, do you want me to get a whiteboard and just do hash marks every time I throw something? How am I going to do this, doc? This thing gonna, and of course, well, no disrespect to him because he was a phenomenal doctor. He's retired now and I loved him to death, but he wasn't an addiction specialist. That's for sure. 
but you're, you're right. You have to have a simple process. And for me, honestly, the simple process was breaking the, the cycle of everyday life. You know, getting mm-hmm. away and going to a facility. Granted, the treatment was top-notch, and I was very privileged to be able to go to where I went to get the help that I got. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing, because my wife and I both were, were drinking uh, similarly. I was a little heavier. I say a little, mm-hmm. a lot heavier than her. But she, she mm-hmm. definitely had some issues as well. But just the separation, she quit completely on her own. Wow. She, she didn't even get ha- no help, zero, no medication, no therapy, no rehab, no nothing. Just separating the two of us and breaking that cycle mm-hmm. allowed both of us to quit. And we're both sober to this day. Neither one of us have had a drink since. So it, it was much more simple than, <laughs> than trying to do yeah. the complex counting down methodology, which obviously, again, didn't work. Well, you're speaking to you're speaking to one of the most powerful triggers in habit building or habit breaking and that's to change your environment. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, um, you know, if you want to work out every day better than even getting a workout buddy is going to a boot camp with a bunch of other people who are working out, that's changing your environment. So you're like, Oh, I need to stop drinking. I'm going to this place where that's the whole freaking point. And your wife, bless her heart is sitting at home thinking, Larry is busting his, busting his ass, like dealing with this thing. Maybe I should do something too. And lo and behold, she did it too. Whatever her attitude was. But who knows what she was thinking on the inside. So, (laughs) but but yeah, it's, it's, it's it's that same thing. It's that accountability partner. And now, but it's the same thing with any other habit and and the same thing's applicable. Uh, Breaking the habit by being in a different environment or instilling a habit by being in a different environment. It works both ways. Yeah, there's this incredible book called uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Super interesting yeah. book. So if you're interested in meditation, visualization, all that woo-woo stuff, but backed up by science, check that book out. It's super interesting. Yeah, Breaking breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll go put a link to, I'll go put that book on, um, uh, on my website, jonalarkin.com slash boss. Uh, I've put down a bunch of resources for your listeners, Larry. So I'll go ahead and pop that book in there just, uh, so people can, can, uh, access it if they like. Very, yeah. very, very cool, man. I, I can't thank you enough for this conversation, Jonah. It was really, it was a lot of fun for starters. And, and you, you snuck in some, some martial arts talk on me too. So that was pretty slick, but, uh, well, yeah, I used to, I did, I did Taekwondo for several years, um, before I found uh, Tai Chi and stuff like that. So yeah, very cool. Very Great cool. stuff. Love it. I've just gotten back involved myself to a certain degree. Just last weekend, I went and got certified as a, uh, the organization is WACO. It's the World Association of Kickboxing Organizations. And they're actually working on being a feeder league to the Olympics. Kickboxing just got approved for the huh. Olympics in 24. Oh, very cool. So I very went out cool. and got certified as a judge and a referee, a national judge and a referee for here in the United States and going to be working my way up to be an international judge and referee. And who knows? Maybe. Look at you, man. We're all, all do they let you wear the red hat? I do not get to red, wear the red hat. I have to wear Damn. this cheesy shirt and a bow tie. I'm like, come on, man. Dude, that's so off-brand for come you. On, what are man. you going to do? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, you can either do it or you can stay at the house. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So well, you, yeah. you guys make the Awesome, rules, man. So. Well, Jonah, once again, thank Good you so stuff. much for joining me. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. And one more time, give us the website. 
Yeah, jonahlarkin.com, J-O-N-A-H-L-A-R-K-I-N.com. You can also find me on Instagram, at Jonah Larkin, or connect on LinkedIn. And I uh, love connecting with people. Feel free to reach out. And, yeah, Larry, thanks a lot. You're a great uh, great interviewer. Really enjoy the conversation. Love the energy you bring. You just show up. Boom. Love that, dude. Thanks, man. So I appreciate keep that. Keep it up, my man. Thank you so right. much. Hey, everybody. This has been another awesome episode of the podcast, and hopefully you got something out of this as well. Hey, I tell you what, if this is your first time to listen to the show and you like what you heard, do me a favor and subscribe, man. That way I can bring you fresh and exciting content every Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. That's when it drops. Of course, that's Texas time right here in the central time zone. So until then, I'll talk to you soon. Everybody take care. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.